Welcome, everyone, to It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with four different flavors coming from four different gamers. I'm your host, Russell Rowe, and I want to welcome my co-host, Shane Eisterhold, Patrick Smith, and Nick Irwin. Hey, Patrick. Where can they find us? Well, the first place you should check out is our website at ittastedifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. You can also find us on Facebook at it tastes different. Uh, we're also on Instagram at it tastes different PC. And then last but not least is Twitter where you can find us at it tastes diff. So what's for dinner? We go back to the fridge and scavenge for some leftovers with Ash Walkers. Ash Walkers is made, or I should say it's developed by Nameless uh, 13. Uh, the publisher is going to be Deer Villagers and 24 Entertainment. Uh, it was released April 15th, 2021. It is a walking simulator. No, I mean, it's a little bit more than that. It's a survival game. Uh, I believe it was only on Windows. Uh, Microsoft Windows was the platform for this game. And uh, we're going to jump right into this. We're going to get to, let's say, Nick. Nick, what you got, man? What do you think of this game? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it is kind of a walking simulator, but with resource management, um, this is what it felt like. You know, kind of like a choose your own adventure, really. For, you know, this game is not very expensive. It's a pretty cheap game. I think it was only like what twelve bucks or something like that on Steam. So, you know, for the twelve dollars, it's a pretty good game. It's mainly black and white. There's a little bit of color, but uh, you pretty much walk from A to B, and various things happen, and you get to choose different actions based on what you feel like you want to do you know uh, you have four companions and i'm sure we'll get into kind of like the, the variations between the four companions and stuff but uh and then you know stuff happens <laughs> so you're eventually trying to make it to i guess a, a dome or a civilization or basically a, a a place where civilization is is living because from my understanding it's like a post-apocalyptic type of thing where there's fallout and you and your group of friends are trying to venture across the the wastelands to make it to paradise, basically. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a pretty fun game. It, it's it, it is a lot of walking, and you know there's resources that you pick up from time to time. But you run into different scenarios where you're going to make decisions, and then those decisions, you know, have different outcomes based on what you choose. And then you can camp for the night and things like that. So. Um, it, it does have resource management and item management, depending on what type of things you want to pick up and how you want to use things. And I'm sure we'll get into a lot of the camp, uh, you know, the resource stuff, you know, because you really got to make a decision on who you're going to have do certain things, right, at certain times. So that way you can kind of manage everybody's resources and make sure that people aren't dying or you're killing off your, your teammates and stuff. So it's a very interesting game. Um but yeah, I mean, for the price, it's I think it's definitely worth it. But uh, what do you think, Patrick? What did you think of this game? Yeah, it is. Um, it is a narrative survival game is what I would call it. I don't know. It's hard to put something like this in a genre because, you know, I've heard of them, uh, heard of them called like walking simulators, as Russ had said. But it's, uh, you know, it's a story driven narrative uh, survival game, as, as Nick said. Uh, it's like Earth roughly 200 years in the future where a giant volcano erupted and post-apocalyptic if you will people live in domes and your dome is failing and you have to find a place to house your 250,000 or 200,000 200 some odd thousand people and so you know you have to venture through um 
in the beginning, the first playthrough is pretty much the same for all character, all players. You know, the first playthrough is all is pretty much going to be the same. You have a couple of decisions that can vary the ending. There's like 34 different endings to the game. So um, I en- I enjoyed it. This game reminds me a lot of um, uh, maybe not as pretty of a game as uh, this War of Mine, but it reminds me very much of that kind of game where you, as Nick said, you have to manage your resources. You have to manage your people. They get wounded. They get this uh, disheartened. You know, they basically just lose the will to want to keep going and and um, decisions matter in the end game and stuff like that because they build who your team is. So I, I actually like this one pretty good. I mean, I, I played through a single playthrough, and you have to play through the singles playthrough before you can do custom games uh, where you can change up some of the things such as traits on your characters and stuff. So I liked it. Um, Ruff, what, uh, Russ, what did you think about this one, man? Uh, I'm pretty much on the same page as you. I got through one uh, one full uh gameplay of it uh it's i mean it it's a it's a game that like you sit there and and you're i don't know for those that have significant others maybe they're watching their favorite show and you just have your laptop sitting on your on your lap and you've got headphones on you're just sitting there playing it and and half watching what's on tv uh it's it's a it's a completely chill and relaxed game uh in the sense of just enjoying the game i think this is a very good example of our indie uh studios you know our indie studios are coming out with games that are you know i thought it was a very artistic game actually uh it was black and white but it was also very artistic in a sense um it was i didn't feel like i was playing a game from the 2000s i felt like i was playing an indie game from 2021 so uh that felt really good the sound was pretty good to it um you know there was no bugs or anything but the decisions, it was kind of like a choose your own adventure. That's what it brought me back to. I thought about it being like a choose your own adventure book. I, I love those. Scholastic used to sell that crap out of those things and I would be buying them. So um, that's what it kind of reminded me of. Of course, you know, it's it's not an acquired taste. It's just understanding what you're getting into before you play the game. You're not coming into a game that's going to you know light up your screen. You're not going to be, you know, knuckles are not going to be crunched or anything like that. Uh, if I am going to assume that it does get quite a bit more difficult than the first playthrough as you continue to play through. So maybe the uh, the uh, managing of your resources and your people might become a little bit more difficult the more you play and, and the more that you play it. So if you like these kind of games, you like to see what the different outcomes are. This is definitely a game for you. And, and like Nick said, at 12 bucks, I mean, this is definitely a pretty solid buy, in my opinion. I, I will probably play it just a little bit at a time as I go, just like come home and maybe, maybe play a little bit or on a Sunday afternoon or something. But uh, I, I enjoyed it enough to say, yes, this was a, a pretty decent game. So right. uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it has 30, they claim 34 different endings. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, at roughly two hour playthrough through each session, I mean, that's a decent amount of chunk of time. If you're trying to see all 34 endings, uh, you know, in the game, as, as Russ said, the game was pretty simple through the first playthrough, but it adds difficulty because they start getting, uh, you can add on negative effects like your, you know, characters pessimistic or whatever and optimistic. And they all have traits, you know, that, that fend to the help, whether they're going to, you know, have more energy, less energy. Uh, they get disheartened easier, you know, and stuff like that. So there's all kinds of traits to make the game a little bit more difficult. And, you know, and, and how they do 34 different endings is interesting because I, you know, the first playthrough is going to be the same for everybody. It's just the uh, con- the actual playthroughs afterwards that are going to change it up a little bit. 
I thought it reminded me a little bit of like uh, like SimCity 3000. Like the first time you play through it, um, you know, you're like turning off all the disasters. You're, you're turning off all that. You're giving yourself as much money as you can. And that first time you make that city, you're like, you're really, really good at it. And the next time you're like, well, maybe if maybe if I set the taxes, taxes a little bit more realistic and all this, that and the other. And it's kind of like that. I mean, it, it's obviously SimCity is quite a bit more entailed than this game, but it is kind of the same kind of theory of like this first playthrough is just get comfortable. Remember, you know, it's remember to feed your people, remember to keep them warm, you know, just do that stuff through the first playthrough and you'll be fine. Basically they give you plenty of resources. So the resource management in that first playthrough to me wasn't too difficult, especially if I sent people out um, about every other camp, I, I would send somebody out. I, n- I never send Singe out. I think that was named Singe or Cyan or whatever. He never got me crap, so I stopped sending him out after a little while. But beyond that, it was it was pretty good. Right, yeah. Each player, each person has a percentage chance of failure. And usually when you put them in there, you'll see that. Um, you know, yeah, there's Petra, which is your leader. There's Sin, which is a fighter. Callie, which is a scholar. And Nadir, which is like a scout, you know. And that's the first playthrough. You get the same four people. And then you can get different, you know, different, um, I guess you would call the traits at the, if you play a different game, you'll have different traits. So it's, it's got a resource management system. As Nick said, you can, you got medicine, food, and wood, the woods to build a fire with the medicines to heal people. And the food is to fill their bellies, you know, and, uh, you basically set out for head looking for these beacons to tell you where the dome of domes is. So you can try to find a new home for your, uh, people in your failing dome. And then as the story progresses, you get, you get, uh, you get, basically confronted with choices. What do you do here? And it's like four, there's like four different paths of choices. When you think about it, there's the intellectual path. There's the, um, like, um, diplomacy path, the sneaky path and the brute force path. So there's like four paths of four decisions that can kind of, uh, go through each situation. And the past, uh, success or failure of the past, depending on the traits of your party. So if your party's a bunch of pacifists and you try to do, a uh, a brute force, you're probably likely to fail. Or as Nick had a funny little circumstance where his team's probably the brute force. He had the brute force warrior guy fighting the guy and, and end up not coming up with a good ending there, you know, or not having a good situation where, <laughs> you know. So the game, uh, I can see where it's a different playthrough through each party's traits, but I don't know how the 34 different endings will work out. So. I know of two, and the only reason I know of two is because I completed it one way and Russ completed it another way. So we talked about that. I know which option he picked, and he knows which one I did. So it, it'll be interesting. You know, a little food for thought, though, is that the creator of that uh, Nameless 13 Studios is um, basically one of the creators from, um, uh, what was the name of that? Uh, uh, of, um, don't Nod. Yeah, Don't Nod, who basically is, uh, what's his name? Herb Bonin. I think it's his name. Yeah, Herb Bonin. So he's like half of the creator, creative studio of that. Don't not made this one. So who knows what more they're going to come out with. But this is a definitely an interesting indie game. I don't know. You know, it's only coming out on PC right now. That's all we know about. Uh, and for $12, I don't know uh, how you could go wrong for $12 unless you just completely don't like Walking Sims. And the grayscale of it could not be for it. Maybe not be for everybody. And the only color splash of color really is the blood like when you take damage or there's blood on the ground or something um and for those who don't know don't nod is uh life is strange games you know <laughs> so so 
I think that uh, it's worth the twelve dollars. I mean, because I'm going to keep playing it. I mean, I got I got three and a half hours into it, so I got one complete playthrough, and I started another one. So uh, I would keep playing if I got more time. But right now, it's off to the next game that we're going to be game reviewing, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, this is not like a AAA title. Russ said it's an indie title. You know, I don't know what uh, this studio is going to do if they're going to stick with games like this, the survival thing. But it's it's a gritty game. I don't know how else to put it. It's very dark and gritty and everything is bleak. And in the beginning of the game where everything kept happening and it was kind of negative, you know, at one point my people were completely like disheveled and I'm like, well, the crap, I'm not going to make it to the end. And then something happens and you're like, oh, they all got their will to push forward again. You know, something like that happened to me. And uh, so if you like these black and white, gritty, post-apocalyptic story, narrative-driven games, you'll probably like this one. If you like this War of Mine, it's basically the same thing without the base building of this War of Mine. It is almost a mini, like, single-player board game on the computer. Almost. I mean, about as close as you can get to describing it. It's a solid indie title. This one may not have as much of a variety of of playability uh, playable things to do like some indie games but it does definitely i think the artistic value of it the story value of it because i'll be honest like normally i'm i'm kind of like nick and i'm kind of clicking through it i was actually reading every bit of this one uh it was pretty good to to read it was a pretty good story so uh definitely absolutely 100 worth the 12 bucks in my opinion for sure yeah and you kind of brought it there Russ. I was thinking like, man, this would be a really awesome four player board game where each person is one of the characters and you kinda maybe roll stats for them and roll like negative and positive effects and you kinda go through and you and it's be just like the game where you're trying to make it to the dome and certain random things just happen as you progress and you kinda make a decision as the four players on what you're gonna do and who's gonna do what. Uh, you know, even setting up camps and stuff like that. I mean and the game almost plays out like a board game, and it would be a pretty awesome uh, four-player board game where each person just, you know, like I said, just kind of randomly rolls a character and, and stats and various things, and you kind of just roll through a scenario, and certain things happen depending on you can have a stack of cards or whatever that have certain scenarios and stuff like that, and you just kind of play them out, and depending on what you pick, you know, it says on the card like, oh, if you picked, you know, the 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 sneaker or the you know the bruiser or whatever. That this is the outcome for that, you know, or something like that. And uh, that would be pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, like you guys said, for 12 bucks, you know, this game is, I, I think it's worth it. You know, if, if if this sounds interesting to you, 12 bucks, you can't beat it. I mean, even if you, even if you spend the $12 and you play it and you're like, ah, I'm not really, I don't really care for it. You're only out 12 bucks. That's not bad for a game that, you know, you might find yourself coming back to later on, even if it wasn't for you, or maybe someone else in your family really likes it or something, or a friend comes over and is like, hey, what's this game? And, you know, maybe they get some enjoyment out of it. It doesn't matter. But, you know, 12 bucks is a, is a, not a, it's a hard, not a hard price to beat for a game that, that has some context and a pretty fun uh, replay value and stuff. So I think it's worth it. Right. And, and, and Nick, there you go. Kickstarter idea, man. Let's reach out to him and tell him we got an idea. Let's turn this into a board game. <laughs> right yeah that would be awesome i think i think this would be, uh, this would definitely if if this game came out in kickstarter as a board game uh this one here with how we know how it plays and they kind of showed it off like that I, that would be one i'd definitely kickstart right cool 
I mean, so this game, you know, I mentioned that, you know, it's by this co-creator of Life is Strange. This game is nothing like Life is Strange. So don't get the two confused just by me saying that it's the hack co-creator. It is not the same game. So the game is basically broken down into uh, segments, if you will. You have a part where you, you know, in the beginning, you find the first beacon and you set off from that beacon. So you set off from beacon to beacon and then beacon to your destination. And in between each beacon is basically you traversing an area between the beacons. And it's, you know, it changed with each playthrough, the things change, but you're in between each playthrough, you have to manage in between each section, you have to manage your uh, players. What is it? Four stats, their energy, their hunger, their warmth, and then their disparity or whatever you want to call it. So there's like four stats, energy uh, and, and health. So it's like five stats, you know, they take damage, they lose health. And so, and that's managed. So basically you walk as far as you can. And you pick up uh, resources so you can pick up medicine, stuff to make medicine, stuff to make uh, firewood, stuff to make food or food. You just find that stuff by scavenging. And as you progress and walk, uh, things like scavenging for materials uses energy. Um, you know, walking around in a tundra, you reduce heat. You know, you lose heat from your body. Um, so everything kind of has a, a give and take. So the further you walk and the colder the environment, the more your heat will reduce. If your party's overweight or over-encumbered, uh, energy and heat dissipate quicker, you know, and things like that. And if any one of those stats, uh, so if your, if your food, your endurance, or your heat drop down to where they're in the red, and you keep going, you will start to lose health because, you know, you're damaging them. And so you have to stop and make camp. And when you stop and make camp, you do things like put wood on the fire. The more wood you put on the fire up to, like, three it increases the effects of camping. So the uh, increased amount of heat that you regain, the amount of, um, if you sleep in the bed, the amount of rest you get. So at a camp, you do a few things. First, you put wood on the fire to say how, um, basically how uh, strong the camp is. So one to three pieces of wood. And then you either feed your people if you want to, and every person takes a piece of food, you give them medicine if they need to heal wounds, and then you basically decide uh, what's going to happen next. So you have four options. Four options, yeah. You, you can guard the camp, you can rest, uh, you can talk with camp members, and you can um, scavenge. And so what that is is basically you have these four uh, bars, and you take your four people, and you say, well, I want this person to go scavenge for stuff. I want this person to rest because they're low on energy, and I want this person to guard. And, you know, this person can discussions, you know, and stuff like that. And they each do something different. So, like, guarding basically protects your camp. You know, if something comes, it reduces the amount of damage the people in the camp take. If you rest, it just does that's just that. It increases their energy. If you have them discussion or talk, they basically stay up and uh, they talk. And they um, talking is not always a good thing because it can raise or lower their amount of satisfaction. You know, so they can become disheartened and then scavenging all these take and give resources. So if you guard, that person loses a little bit of energy, gains some heat because they're guarding next to the campfire and they lose some food. If they rest, they lose some food, gain some heat, gain some energy, uh, and, you know, vice and all that stuff down the line. So you have to manage that type of stuff. And then you can then you can set back out. You're looking for things to make campfire with, more food, more medicine, you know, just so you can keep your little triage of people moving. And 
on top of all that, you're hitting encounters. Encounters can be good, they can be bad, they can be neutral. It just depends on your character and your your decision. So at certain points, you can see things such as, you know, you're being chased by wolves or you're being chased by this or you see people in a distance. What do you do? How do you interact with them? And that's where those like four stats or four different types of things, your intelligence, your your sneakiness or spy type stuff, your brute force or your diplomacy, how they play into how each scenario works out. So decisions affect outcomes. Outcomes affect closer to the end of the game or the end of the area that you're in. More often than not, they affect the end of the area that you're in. So that kind of a playthrough is how this game rotates. And then it's just rinse and repeat. Go, you know, go as far as you can. Encounter. My party's starting to lose too much uh, heat, too much endurance. Time to rest, camp, get back energy, scavenge for more materials. Rinse, repeat. So it, it's... It can get a little bit mundane, but the um, the encounters are what drives the game forward. So, you know, you can only take so much of scrounging and camping before you're like, I'm done. Give me another encounter. Absolutely. So, and, yep. There's no good or evil. It's all and there's no real moral choices. I mean, they are moral choices, but the game doesn't rank you on that. It doesn't say, well, you made a good choice or you made a bad choice because it's a choice of you as a player. All choices drive the story. Exactly. Cool. Well, I mean, that's pretty much the playthrough of the game and what we all thought. I mean, we all are, you know, at $12 price point, $11.99. It's, it's a hard, it's, it's an easy game to pick up. And I, you know, and at an indie price, it's, it's well worth it, in my opinion. I mean, it is grayscale with red for color, but its art style is pretty interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's not a whole lot that to, to go in with this game. It's a pretty basic, um survival kind of uh story game i mean it's it's really if if you guys want a game that's kind of relaxing that that yes you you can fail at this game but it 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 goes on later that that happens the first playthrough you should not fail you should just have a and that'll give you the baseline of understanding how much more you want to get into it so just i mean it, it like like we've said we've said it once we've said it a few times on the podcast it's worth the 12 bucks we all would say go out and get it and um, and give it a shot. Yep. And you have to do a single playthrough of the normal mode before you can do uh, custom games to add modifiers to the game and stuff like that. So the first playthrough is almost always going to be the same with alternate endings, depending on the midway point that you chose. Cool. Anybody else got any additional details or things they want to bring up about this game? I mean, it's a pretty straightforward game. I mean, it's $12. You can't spend a whole lot of time talking about it or else you're going to start spoiling it for everybody. <laughs> no, I don't think it's so. Cool. I think the scenarios are, like, like like Russ said, I think the scenarios that come up are they're definitely the, the, the highlight, you know. I mean, I, I'd love the different scenarios that came up and the decisions that you make from there. So that was my funnest part with it. You know, the camping is... It is what it is, but in the traversing, but the scenarios that come up, it sometimes are funny and, you know, sometimes they're, they're really interesting. So that's the part I like. Right. Yep. And just play through you the way you would normally play. Don't be like Nick and break the guy's neck on accident. Just play through, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't crack his neck. No. Yeah. It was a fight. It was a combat, but without killing it, and I, I killed him. So, <laughs> whoops. Yep. Don't be like Nick. Don't accidentally kill the, the, the sparring partner. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed this episode of this Ash Walker game. You know, uh, make sure that if you stuck with us this long, obviously you like what we're doing. So go ahead and like and subscribe, as Russ has said. And don't forget to hit the bell for notifications. 
And we hope to catch you in the next episode. See you.